Hello, everyone. Welcome back to And We Fought a Dragon. And then we fought a dragon. We are here again. And um, I'm Des. And I'm Becky. And uh, today we're going to do another bit of a recap session. Because as we mentioned last episode, if you tuned in, I play in two D&D campaigns. So last session, we recapped campaign one with Kaylin and her party. And this time, we're going to recap only three episodes this time. So that'll be yeah. <laughs> with the the second party's worth of characters so yay for that let's let's meet the crew shall we and um once again like the last campaign this game's world and all of its characters are being used with the permission of our dm and the other players in the game they have kindly allowed us to share these stories so that anyone who chooses to listen can enjoy them along with us we are not exploiting them no, no. I mean, maybe, like, once we're making millions per episode, then we'll kind of be exploiting them. We'll have to give them, like, a 2% cut or something. That's a lot, but... Yeah, like, um, 0.5? A 0.5 cut each, and then we each split... No, that's an awkward split. 1% each, and then we split the 98, because that'll split a little more evenly. So That sounds great. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, I'll pitch that to them next session. Awesome. And let me figure that out so early Me on. too. Yeah. yeah, and like on the actual podcast too. And we agreed so quickly. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. These negotiations went really well, I think. Yeah, this <laughs> barely felt like anything. Uh, I mean, I just felt like we came to an agreement right away. So good. <laughs> anyway, we're amazing. Too. We're amazing. <laughs> and humble. And amazing and humble, and humble and amazing. Yeah, exactly. What she said. Put it on a t-shirt. So, <laughs> campaign two. <laughs> My character is Verena, who, to all appearances, is a human, but is in fact actually a changeling. Des loves changelings. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably get into that later on. Yeah. Okay. Not the biggest fan, yeah. but... It's traditional lore, they're kind of creepy. Exactly. Yeah, I think in D&D, they're not as creepy as, like, traditional changeling lore, so. It makes my tummy feel a little bit sad. Sorry about that. We'll try not to, not to say changeling too often, <laughs> and then hopefully, you know, your nausea will be kept at bay. Well, I mean, it is a bit discriminatory, so I'll try my best. Okay, so, Brenna. <laughs> Brenna is also a bard musical playing some instruments i think her instrument that she has on hand is let me check her character sheet i believe a pan flute let me confirm that because i don't actually have it written down yeah a pan flute so she's just a little pied piper piping her pan flute and um i'm gonna share a bit of her backstory here but if any players from this campaign are listening i want you to kind of skip ahead a minute or two because I think it would be more fun for you to learn Brenda's backstory in-game as she reveals it than learning it here. So I'll skip ahead. And everyone else who has remained, um, Brenna, was clearly not what her parents were expecting. And as a toddler, was abandoned in a back alley of the rather large port city of Helios and kind of just left to fend for herself. So she quickly learned that she could change her appearance at will and that a new face kind of made a difference in how people interacted with her and how she got along with the other urchins 
of the city alleys. So she was accepted into a bit of an urchin child street gang, picking pockets and begging in the market or the city we, square. I think like Oliver Twist. So yeah. I was yeah. going to say, we love child street gangs. Oliver Twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the older urchins in this gang, Marta, had some musical instruments and used to perform in the square with one of the younger kids passing a hat around like you do. And drawn to the music, Brenna often did that role of carrying the hat around. And in time, Marta began to teach her how to play some of the instruments. And Brenna discovered kind of a bit of a hidden musical talent within herself. So as time went on with Marta teaching Brenna more and encouraging her abilities, she came kind of like an older sister type situation to Brenna, which is very sweet. We gotta love surrogate siblings on the streets. And then their busking <laughs> roles, <laughs> their busking roles kind of switched eventually. And Brenna was the one playing while Marta was passing around the hat. And then a pickpocketing bruise went wrong. And in the scuffle that followed, Marta was tragically killed. And in her grief, Brenna decided it was time to leave, time to move on, new life, new friends, new everything. So she- Because her friends are dead. Yeah, because her best friend was dead. So <laughs> she grabbed her stuff, took Marta's instrument, and took on Marta's likeness as well to create the persona that is Brenna. So you don't get to know Brenna's real name yet or what Brenna really looks like. Currently, she looks like kind of a cute little, little human person. I'm probably going to post some pictures that I have mocked up on like various pickroos or things of what my characters look like on our Instagram. So that's Instagram.com slash we fought a dragon if you want to see what I imagine my characters looking like. It, it really helps. Um, yeah. To... It's nice to have some visuals. Yeah, because I think like I definitely can imagine for sure <laughs> you're good at describing but what I imagine is genuinely quite different just because of mm. how brains work, right? Yeah, so it's nice to know what you want your character to be portraying. Right. Yeah, so I'll post some pictures of those. And um, Brenna continued traveling then for several years and uh, has been traveling for nearly five now um, and enjoys being a bard, traveling about, and leading up to our campaign had found herself kind of feeling the need for a bit more purpose. She'd been wandering about for years and now she wanted a goal, a reason to travel, maybe some friends again, and being part of something. So we love a purpose. We love a purpose. So she's searching for purpose. And on her way to the city of Havenport, Brenna ran into Sumi and Mako, who are now part of our party. And Sumi is a Kalishtar monk. Kalishtars are basically part human, part spirit. So they have some kind of spiritual magical abilities. And to all appearances, she looks like a human. And then monks are basically martial artists. And Mako is a Triton paladin. Tritons are basically Aquaman, kind of like fish people with webbed limbs. Fish people. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I didn't so say far. humanoid. Yeah. So far, I think fish people has been my favorite term uh, of this campaign. And we, like, who knew how often the term fish people would come up in this campaign? <laughs> yep. Just you wait, everybody. Yep. So Tritons are fish people. 
And paladins are warriors who have typically sworn an oath to a particular god that kind of gives them some god-imbued powers, whether that be magical or with their fighting. So Sumi and Mako were also headed to Havenport, and we decided to all travel together, safety and numbers and all that. And entering town, we saw a notice being put up. Someone was looking for help with an issue they were having and offering some pretty good money. So we decided to go meet them, and we were not the only ones. So we went to the meetup at the Cinnamon Pearl, which is a tavern slash bakery slash inn. It's got a lot going on for it. Has world-renowned cinnamon buns, famous cinnamon ale. They sound delicious. I think yes. when you first described it, there was a lot of detail you gave Yeah, the delicacies. Every time we talk about the cinnamon pearl, I'm like, oh, I just want a cinnamon bun. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. So one day I will bring cinnamon buns to session just to satisfy my own cravings. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. And at the cinnamon pearl, we met Glenn and the viper who flicks his tongue. Quite a name there. Glenn is a human artificer, and artificers kind of blend science and magic a bit in their inventions. They're kind of inventor-type people. And the viper who flicks his tongue, or just viper, because it's not too long, is a tabaxi rogue. And tabaxis are cat people. So full humanoid with the cat face and a tail. And rogues are just generally kind of like sneaky people. They pick locks and wear dark hoods and stuff, hide in alley corners, <laughs> etc. They sound cool. They do sound cool. So he's a, a cool tabaxi rogue. And lastly, we had Nathaniel, who we didn't actually meet till our second session just because of some game scheduling conflicts, but he is an Asimar warlock. Asimars are humanoids. Gotta use that word as many times as possible. It's funny though, when you, cause when you say, how do you say ASMR? Yeah. I always just think of ASMR. It might be pronounced that way. I don't know if I'm saying it right. No, but like ASMR as in like the, um, like ASMR videos. Oh, like the, the initials. A ASMR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so <laughs> it's, it, it's not like, anyways, I think it's funny. Continue. <laughs> he makes lots of like, very soft, gentle sounds. Yes. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so, ASMRs are descended from humanoids who were touched by the gods. We've got a lot of spirit god type people going on in our party. And warlocks are magic users who get their magic from a deal they've created with a patron who typically isn't a god, but is often a very powerful being of some kind and has imbued some magical power in them but they often have to do something for the patron in return. And sometimes don't even know their patron. So that's kind of fun. And that became our party. Yeah, kind of, kind of creepy. Yeah. But that was our party. We have Brenna, Sumi, Mako, Glenn, Viper, and Nathaniel. So it's a full table for this one. And yeah, we met up at the Cinnamon Pearl about this job and met one Reeve Whiskar. And Reeve is a bit of a merchant. He kind of moves and stores items seemingly all above board and hasn't been able to get inside his warehouse for nearly a week. His regular day crew has gone missing and he hired other adventurers to get rid of this seeming issue going on in his warehouse and they never came back. 
So he's looking to hire us and pay us well to have it taken care of quickly and quietly. And he's a kind of like bumbling, awkward person, but seems like seems like a nice person. So we, we took the job and he loaned us a key to his warehouse. And on the way there, Viper, the rogue, coaxed Glenn into letting him make a copy of the key with some mud. And a few members of the party thought that this was kind of a little bit suspicious, but like Brenna was totally on board. Like she's <laughs> up on the streets. A spare key seems super logical. This is a great idea and could come in handy in so many ways. I think it's funny that some people did find it suspicious because when I was listening, I thought that's the best idea ever. Right? <laughs> so smart. Why yeah. didn't I think of that? I know. Me being so involved. Yeah. <laughs> So Viper had the best idea ever and made a copy of the key. <laughs> and then we got to the warehouse and started scouting around a bit. And there was a window at one end. So Viper being kind of cat-like was able to climb quite easily and peek in the window. And looking through, he saw a few people very clearly infected by the plague. Now, this game plot was developed before like a worldwide panini struck. And um, this game kind of, has a bit of a pandemic aspect to it, which very unintentionally lined up with the IRL <laughs> world situation. It's kind of funny. It's like asterisks, no association with yeah. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Very unintentional. But I'm going to give you a bit of detail about the plague that might be useful to know going forward in the story. So there are three main forms that the plague takes. The first being gray wart which you get warts and your skin gets kind of gross and it's spread through physical touch. It's slow to kill, but difficult to cure. It takes quite a few um, high level healing spells to cure you of it. The second is rot lung, which is like a cough, coughing up bits of your lung. You can't breathe. And it's spread through the breath. Masks would be a good idea on this campaign. And uh, it kills in three to six weeks. So a little bit sooner but is also easier to cure. It's only one larger spell to cure it. And then the third is Phantom Eyes, which gives you paranoia and you hear voices in the shadows and eventually you go blind. <laughs> and it's not very easily spread, but is also rarely detected before the blindness kicks in, at which point you have 24 hours before the person is dead. So gotta get on that real quick. High okay. pressure situation. Yeah, not, not fun. So these creatures inside the warehouse seemed to be people who had died of the plague and were now like undead, referred to as husks. And we decided we needed to kill them because they were gonna keep spreading the plague. Yeah. So we all tried, yeah, we all tried to sneak in this window and Brenna was second last and is just climber and <laughs> rolled really badly and was very noisy and alerted the husks to our presence and we had to jump into initiative before we planned on doing so so Mako and I had to grab a key from the others and run through the front door and we had to fight a bunch of these creatures from multiple angles but we did manage to kill them all thankfully and also found the two bodies of the adventurers that we've had sent down before they were real dead so we looted their bodies and took their money and that's what you get for that, only yeah. sending two people. It's exactly. all their fault. <laughs> it was a six-person job, clearly. <laughs> and now we know. And now we, now we know. Get it together, Reeve. <laughs> so then we decided, after a bit of a rest, 
we should make sure we're doing the whole job and check the basement of the warehouse as well. Sure enough, more husks down there. We fought them off gallantly with Brenna managing to actually kill one with her rapier. She dreams of being a pirate one day and is going to fine tune her rapier skills, maybe. We'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. She missed an awful lot of hits leading up to that kill, but one day. And then having killed all the husks, we found a way to carry them upstairs without touching them so that they could be disposed of appropriately and then headed back to town to meet Reef. And he seemed a bit surprised, though happy to see us. And we recommended he bring a cleric to deal with the bodies so that nothing continued spreading because sometimes they can come back to life again, just like spontaneously reanimate. So you gotta deal with them real quick. There's a lot of time pressure on plague situations. And then Reeve offered us a second job, which uh, was given his night crew a hand because they had a problem that their tribe was having. So we agreed to come by the next day and help them, but thought it might be good if we went and saw a cleric ourselves because all of us had been touched by various husks <laughs> and Brenna was actually bitten by one of the husks. So we were real worried about maybe having the plague. Just a casual husk bite, it's fine. Yeah, no big deal, big scar on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> so the next morning we went to a nearby church and got ourselves checked out by a cleric. And he said it was a little early to see symptoms. They often take nearer to a week, but he checked us out. And at the time we all seemed safe. So that was reassuring. And we headed off to Reeves warehouse. And he introduced us to then Nathaniel who hadn't been with us the previous day. So now we were at our full party amount. And uh, Nathaniel seems to have a history with Viper. They neither of them seemed very happy to see each other. Nathaniel doesn't seem fond of Viper, doesn't trust him at all. So that will be fun to uncover in the future. And then we've introduced us to one of the night crew who were a fish people. <laughs> <laughs> They're a race called, I learned their name last session. They're called Lokatha, Lokatha. which is, they're very much fish people. They're like fish they kind of walk on their fins like they look like fish people so i think i needed to know that but thank you <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> just think like a catfish walking upright that's that's a look at that <laughs> i think my, i also want to clarify it's not like i'm like put off by these things i just have a very active imagination <laughs> so sometimes when i get a picture in my mind it sticks around for yeah. a long time and it's a little uncomfy when the pictures are weird <laughs> And look at that, are a little weird. A little bit. <laughs> so we met Mert, one of the fishmen, who explained that their tribe lives up the coast a ways, and until recently had had no issues with the nearby harpies. But just recently, suddenly a bunch of the harpies flew in and like grabbed and made off with one of their little fish people kids. And so now they were all worried that the harpies were coming for them and were going to eat them. So we had about like how sorry they were for the loss of this child and Mert told us well that's not really a big deal they have a lot of kids all at once kind of thing and seemed a little bit offended that some of the party members were like kind of shocked by this he's like it's just a cultural difference guys and I think we hurt his feelings a little bit so felt kind of bad about that we, we it's put... just my offspring <laughs> it was his mine. friend's kid but yeah oh. <laughs> poor little hook the kid's name was hook so they, they weren't even really expecting the kids to be saved and brought back alive. They just wanted the harpies dealt with. And Ree was going to pay us to do that. So we agreed and went off to hunt some harpies. 
And as we journeyed up the coast, we found a bit of like a, a rocky, cliffy area at the water's edge and could distantly see some harpies flying about. Harpies are kind of naked humanoid creatures with wings and like claw hands and like almost bird-like talon feet. A little bit creepy looking. Yeah, a little bit. I think yeah. this campaign definitely, maybe maybe it's just because it's more fresh and <laughs> um, I'm remembering, but this yeah. campaign feels like a lot more characters are scary. Yeah, more creepy creatures, which is like kind of fun. Like our first campaign, I think we started our first campaign as level one and this campaign we started as level three, if I'm correct. So we're at kind of slightly higher level monsters already because we've got a bit more beef. The first campaign we're like fighting rats, right? Yeah. And undead creatures. So they're pretty low on their strength stats, but this one we're beefed up ones. Yeah. So (laughs) the claw, the clawed flying Harpies. <laughs> yeah, a little creepy. But um Viper said he like had a way about him, you know, a way with women type thing. And he could deal with this. So we were various states of like skeptical and kind of bemused by this. So we let him go ahead and kind of snuck along behind to see what would happen. And uh, we hid. And as he approached the harpies and basically began flirting with them, they actually seemed kind of interested. And a few came over. And then as harpies do, began to sing in an attempt to lure him to them. And he was able to resist their charms. But unfortunately, the rest of us were hiding too close, and Mako and I found ourselves drawn out of hiding towards them. They got us good. Yeah, they got us good. And thankfully, Glenn, who was nearest to me, was very quick thinking and grabbed some cotton wads out of his bags and shoved them in my ears as like makeshift earplugs, which did break the spell. So that, that was good. I was no longer trying to get to the harpies. And the harpies were not pleased that there was more people than just Viper. They were down for a one stranger orgy, not down for a multiple stranger orgy. <laughs> and so technically, so, I guess, oh, that would still be an orgy. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of them. Yeah. 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 But they didn't want multiple strangers joining the party. So we rolled initiative. <laughs> <laughs> very, very particular. Yeah. Way to go, harpies. <laughs> Uh, and when I say rolling initiative, I'm not sure if that's something people who don't play D&D know what it means. It means you roll a d20 to choose a number, so we pick the order that everyone's turns happen in. Mm-hmm. So all the party members and all the bad guys roll initiative and get put in an order, and then we cycle through for each turn during a fight situation. Yeah. And also the moves during a fight, you have three things that you can do during a turn when we're in an initiative. So the first thing is you have your main action, which is typically like a hit with a weapon or casting a spell or interacting with something, opening a box or hiding or something. Then you have your movement and each type of creature has a certain number of feet they can move in every turn. And so you can choose how you want to move around the the map, the location you're in. And then the last one is bonus action which is typically like maybe giving yourself a health potion or a small spell and a few other things that are kind of particular to class or race. So those are what you can do during, during the fight. And I think Breno was first in the initiative for this fight. So as a changeling, sorry, that word again, <laughs> I can turn into any creature that is the same 
size class as I am that has the same number of limbs. And I can also give myself like illusionary wings and tail, although I can't use them the same way that that creature would. So I hit that would be like, handy. Yeah, it would. So maybe I could get some spells or like some potions to be able to use wings or something. But anyway, I hid behind a rock so the harpies couldn't see me and transformed myself into a harpy, but like an injured harpy. So a little beat up. One of my wings was broken to explain why I couldn't fly. And then I realized I was a fully dressed harpy and (laughs) harpies are not fully dressed. So then came the faded question, is stripping a bonus action? To which our DM said, (laughs) yes, it could be. And Brenna stripped. We love to see it. Yeah, that was quite the first session. No, second session, but still. Didn't think I'd be stripping that early on. I kind of figured, you know, it's not Brenna's body. She's not shy. Let's strip. But anyway, as my turns came around, I progressively stumbled out towards the harpies, kind of asking them, where's the fish boy? Give him back kind of thing. And they were all very concerned with several like rushing over to me to help me because I'd clearly been injured by this party of people. And so as they got closer, I cast Thunder Wave on them, which is a big spell that like pushes them away from me and makes a big noise like thunder. And they were like, whoa, dude, what's going on? We're trying to help you. And uh, weren't super thrilled. And so as we continued fighting, more of them were surrounding me and now trying to like grapple me to bring me with them. So I Thunder Waved them again because, you know, it was working real well. And by now, only four of the harpies were still alive and were real freaked out. So they began flying away out of our range. And we took a bit of a rest. Brenna got dressed, changed back into her regular self. And we kind of investigated the rock formation, concluding this was not their nest, but more like a hangout spot. So we were going to have to go find the nest, probably where they were flying. I think this is what I have the problem with. Yeah. All these, like little descriptors yeah. that make me uncomfy nest like the nest <laughs> the the uh the coupling of like the how harpies behave and what they look like and then yeah. nest it makes me feel like mm, fearful but also so curious <laughs> shall i say their home <laughs> no <laughs> nest is good but it does make them sound like less human. Yeah. Like more like creatures. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, during the rest, uh, our DM prompted the other members of the party. Um, so you've just seen Brenna, a human, turn into a harpy and then back again. Um, so a few <laughs> of the other party members were like, yeah, about that. And I tried to kind of play it cool because Brenda's not sure if she trusts these people quite yet. Yeah. We just met. So I just said, it's, it's like something I've always been able to do. Didn't really learn how to do it. I guess I just kind of picked it up on the streets, I guess. And uh, that answer seemed to be accepted. So awesome thank goodness for not curious people yeah (laughs) they're like "Eh, we'll deal with that later it seems fine (laughs) okay (laughs) and then after a rest we began tracking the actual nest and found a bit of a cave system up the coast and investigating our way through it we encountered some dangers in the form of sentient stalactites and stalagmites that we had to fight off and uh, Brenna literally mocked one, viciously mocking as the spell, to death. Which I was like very that. satisfying. 
And we arrived at last at the nest where we found a few more harpies and these twisted mother harpies who seem to be kind of more primal and just creepy and gross in their form, honestly. And so we, uh, in the rest, Glenn had made the rest of us earplugs because that had worked the first time. So now everybody had earplugs, which was great because we were immune to their songs, which is their main form of attacking. So we quickly wiped them all out, killed those harpies, and then looted their nest because that's what we do. We, we kill and loot. <laughs> Basically, we're pirates already. I mean... Brenda's in the right place. <laughs> she is living her dreams yes. before they've even actually happened. Arr! <laughs> so we looted the nest, found some money, some health potions, a ring, a magic drift globe, which glows and is kind of like a magic lantern of some kind. And then we noticed some carvings on the wall and noted them down in case they become important later on. And spent a night on the road and headed back to Reeves' warehouse. And at the warehouse, we met Mert and told him the harpies were dealt with, uh, but we'd not been able to recover. The kid, very sorry about that. He again restated <laughs> that, yeah, sure, like it's a bummer, but it's not a big deal, guys. I guess the best way to sum this up is F them kids. <laughs> I guess, which sounds so terrible, but it's a cultural thing, guys. It's just a cultural thing. Fine. <laughs> It's fine. So he told us Reeve was back in town at the Cinnamon Pearl, and we we're like, okay, bye, Mert. And I uh, went to go find Reeve, who sort of seemed to be waiting for someone at the Cinnamon Pearl, which was interesting. But he paid us for the job, and then a tall half elf woman came over and was introduced as Cassandra. And she's a professional acquaintance of Reeves, although he definitely has a crush on her. And uh, Reeves sang our praises to her as the best mercenaries in town, which might be a little over. <laughs> I mean, but hey, thanks. So she I asked, won't argue with you, but you I, might be wrong. <laughs> thanks, Reeve. Got you, boo. So she offered us a job because, you know, best mercenaries in town. And uh, one of her contacts has gone missing. Cassandra works for one of the eight very wealthy, important families in Havenport and has some contacts, one of whom, Salbane, is kind of her underground contact with some of the shadier groups of the city. He kind of gathers and passes on relevant information from some of the gangs and crime situations to her. And she hasn't heard from him in two weeks, which is pretty long. So she would pay us for information about where he is or what state he's in, basically if he's dead or alive. And we agreed to look for him, got some information about where he hangs out and what he looks like and stuff. And two of the places that we were given were two taverns in kind of the sketchier end of town. One of which Viper was staying at, interestingly. So do with that what you will. <laughs> but it yeah. all makes sense. Yeah, it's the dots. They are they are connecting. <laughs> <laughs> we figured that, you know, it's evening. Evening is a good time for taverns. We could go check check out those taverns. So we headed to the first, the Kraken, but it was closed for a private gang meeting. You know, like like happens. It's so, fine. Yeah. No big deal. No so, other one. <laughs> yeah, no questions. Go to the other tavern instead. <laughs> and that was called the Broken Keg, which is Viper's Tavern slash Inn of Choice. Now, if you've seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, if you can picture Tortuga, 
that's basically what the broken keg is. So just a <laughs> real wild hangout spot. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> In multiple ways, I guess. <laughs> and we decided it would be a bit conspicuous if suddenly like a gang of six people who've never been there before all marched their way in. So Nathaniel and Mako went in with Viper, who's kind of a known face there, I guess, to gather information. And they found out that Salbane had been there about eight days ago. So that's sooner than we last heard from him. And has often met a halfling there whose name is Rabbit's Foot and is part of a local gang. So by now it was pretty late. We went to bed, met up the next morning, and decided to check out the library to see if they had Selvain's home address on file. And Glenn was kind of suggesting that maybe Brenna would be able to shift into Selvain based on the description we have of him and like meet up with this rabbit's foot guy to score yeah. to see what his reaction was based on seeing Selvain. Like if he was freaked out, maybe he had something to do with the disappearance, etc. So we thought that was a good idea. Went I like the- all the, um, the word is escaping me, but the, the, like the plotting, the plotting. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me feel anticipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just, you're like excited for what's going to happen, yeah. obviously. And like would. seeing if it works. Yeah. I'm a little nerd. Like I'm the one who has to head this up if I'm making <laughs> being Salvain. So it's a bit of a performance situation here. Pressure. Yeah. But yeah, we decided, we got to the library. We coaxed the librarian into giving us the address and headed to the house. It was in kind of like a meh neighborhood. So we tried knocking, but no one answered. And Viper, sneaky rogue, can pick locks from a distance don't know how he does this but he <laughs> unlocked the door and so we went in like pretending someone had unlocked the door and we're like oh hi even though there's no one there sort of thing <laughs> and the house is pretty empty like kind of bare essentials situation it did not look lived in like a home would or should perhaps and uh, maybe more like a front to kind of make it look like he had a home to go to kind of thing so we snooped around tried to look for hidden things I stole an outfit from the closet so that I could dress like him should hopefully make me look more like him plus always love to get some new clothes just happily <laughs> grab them off the rack there it's your street urchin inner child yeah just gotta <laughs> gotta just gotta take stuff gotta take stuff <laughs> and then someone noticed that the kitchen window seemed pretty traversed as if someone was going in and out of it and it went out to a back alley which then connected to several other alleys so like a good way to easily get around the back end of town quickly Mm -hmm. and we left off this session with Glenn starting a spell to check the house for any magic items that we might want to like borrow I guess (laughs) let's take that (laughs) and uh, that's where we'll pick up next session so that's what we've done so far with this party which I mean Definitely, there's a lot of sneaky stuff going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we clarified at the beginning of the episode, if you hadn't heard the last one. Essentially, um, there's a recap and then a re-recap, but <laughs> very different because I just take very short notes and relay them back yeah. to Becky. Bullet and bullet. we kind of discuss and and have a little conversation about what happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I like the sneakiness of this one. It feels 
the other one feels like an adventure yeah. in the sense that it's like we're off on an adventure and yeah. this one feels like an adventure where it's like this is gonna be an adventure yeah like <laughs> this one I guess we've been coming back to the same place more times we've been kind of going out coming back going out coming back the other one we've kind of been taking trips a little more yeah. long term I guess and just uh, the characters are obviously very different. But yeah. we start off Child Street Gang, then Travel Time, mm -hmm. then The Cinnamon Pearl, just because just I like the name. I would have said Random Cavern, <laughs> but it's, it holds a special it's a place. It's a good name. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, big fan of the key copying. Don't know why yet, if it's even useful, but big fan. Um, <laughs> then... Oh, this is where we run into some problems. Sometimes I write something down and it doesn't make any sense. Ooh, what is it? But we usually, oh, no, it makes total sense. Oh, I just, okay. It's fine. <laughs> but that does happen. Uh, yeah. Forewarning. Just, it says asterisk, no association with COVID-19 because yeah. of the plague. Yeah. <laughs> it does make sense now. It just <laughs> didn't feel relevant as I was reading it. Right. Um, so there's a plague and the husks are dead. Uh, a, a casual hus bite happened to you in particular. Yeah. But that's resolved, kind of? I guess we'll just keep checking in yeah. and see if we develop symptoms. Um, there's some group tension between some members. Mm -hmm. Then we meet fish people. Big fan. That's a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> um, the harpies are stealing kids. Bad people. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But what stood out was they're stealing kids. Yeah. Um, orgy time. <laughs> Love that. Did I no. take that too far? <laughs> no, no explanation. It's not too far when orgy time. Yeah. Uh, next, stripping time. <laughs> it went too far. <laughs> okay, moving on. The thunder wave. I I mean, more things happened, but that's what stood out. And it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> uh, you have to go find the nest. Um, on the way, there's a little mocking to death situation, which is funny. And talented, really. That is that's yeah. amazing. I was really running out of mocking things to say. Like, this was a tentacled... Which ones are the ones from the ground? Stalagmites? Stalactites? Don't ask me that. One of the ground ones. <laughs> With like tentacle arms like an octopus that was like grabbing us and bringing us in. So everyone was trapped and no one could use their weapons. So I'm just stuck there yelling insults at this thing until it dies. Isn't that how life works, essentially? I have to like go to your mama jokes. It was rough. <laughs> Shakespearean insult. I bit Imagine. my thumb at it. <laughs> Imagine it just stops. I never knew my mom. <laughs> That's basically what happened. <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> okay, so, um, hmm. This one's just because I have messy handwriting. It says kill and then something else. So, loot. We killed the harpies and then looted oh, the nest. Literally, that. It says nice. kill and loot, but the loot. Doesn't look like the word loot. <laughs> We've been friends for two decades, people. I can read her handwriting without even seeing it. We are not in the same room right now. 
we're not even in the same house no we are in the same city (laughs) yes there's that um (laughs) just thinking about that it's actually really scary but so accurate (laughs) um so kill and loot that happened that's a reoccurring theme yeah seemingly i mean Mm -hmm. i'm i'm assuming it will continue oh probably yeah um elf lady looking for a friend that is not really what's happening but that's what i felt like that makes it sound a little sleazy to be honest oh no she's looking for a friend maybe it's just elf elf lady looking for a friend question mark (laughs) looking for a professional contact (laughs) see that's just too many too long i don't know how to spell professional (laughs) just kidding okay i won't take it that far but um what I wrote was elf lady looking for a friend. Yeah. Then you went tavern hopping. Uh, essentially just trying to figure out what's going on to help yeah. the elf lady. Yeah. Library time. And then you went house snooping <clears throat> where you got sticky fingers, grabbed <laughs> a few things, checked some stuff out. I wish we found more. I was like rolling to check floorboards and cupboards and all sorts of things but I don't know if there just wasn't anything there or if I wasn't rolling high enough like I was in the mid-teens I was rolling pretty high so I don't know what's in there I mean we might never know but yeah we'll see items we'll see (laughs) that's essentially the end of uh what I felt was important and stood out to me yeah (laughs) good some good some but I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with uh, with this campaign mm-hmm. because it feels, well, I feel scared a lot. Yeah. And uncomfortable a lot. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, um, but like yeah. not in a, a bad way, I hope. No, no. Okay. No, just like, like, uh, oh, that's weird and makes me feel uncomfy. I wonder what's going to happen yeah. that way. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's not bad. So, yeah. I, uh, no. I'm I'm a fan. I'm looking forward to because obviously the difference between this campaign and the last mm-hmm. one is time, yeah, and everything else. But uh, a big difference is the time. Mm-hmm. Don't really know the characters, so I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to kind of getting to know people and their their situations a little better, and even like getting choosing when to reveal certain aspects of the characters I play as well is kind of fun. Like you don't just word vomit your whole backstory out there, kind of waiting what to find an opportune moment. That wasn't a hit. That wasn't a hit. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be kind of fun. I'm excited to to keep going with it because, like you said, we're only three sessions in. Like we barely know each other. Really, barely know each other at all. But oh, one thing. These sessions are the longest thing ever. Oh my gosh. It's a full, literal, it's a full day of work. I feel like that might not be super uncommon among people who play D&D. I just wasn't prepared for it. So my first campaign, we're doing like typically two hours, sometimes three hour sessions once a week. This campaign is like seven or eight hour sessions every two weeks so it's like two sessions in one but it's so long and I've been quarantined for so long I'm not used to all that interaction it's a lot it's a it's a lot a lot from a perspective of someone who's not there not (laughs) spending the time I'm tired 
but like it makes it feel like we get so much done yeah because sometimes in yeah sometimes in the shorter sessions it feels like you almost are just getting started for something and then session is done yeah but with this one we like can almost see something see a certain aspect through to fruition a little more than we would be able to with the shorter sessions so that's kind of nice yeah and it's nice to have uh both going on Mm -hmm. like it just it helps to I think distinguish between like obviously the campaigns are very different but just the feel of them will consistently be very different yeah because of just how it's played yeah like even these podcast episodes we're we're anticipating the ones for this campaign will probably be a little longer than the other campaigns ones going forward just because there'll be more to talk about because more will have happened in a single session so that's kind of fun so look forward to that. Yeah, that'll start up next week, I think, because I have session this coming Saturday. So I guess we didn't really talk about when we're putting episodes out, really. Yeah. We don't know exactly for sure either, but we're well, anticipating. Yeah, our aim is to have campaign one every Wednesday if session has happened on Monday. Um, and then campaign two, we're aiming to have every second Saturday, so alternating with the playing weekend to get us a bit of time to do some back-end stuff before yeah. posting. We'll do our best to make it work. Yeah, and obviously, like, we're doing this just for kicks, so some weeks it'll be a little different, but that's kind of the structure we're giving ourselves as motivation. It's mostly just so we can listen to it. It is! It's <laughs> fun! And so we can chat about it. Yeah, we, we, um, we like to obviously keep each other updated on pretty much everything. I rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> we uh, like keeping each other updated on pretty much everything that's going yeah. on, but this yeah. just needs more in-depth focused time. Yeah. yeah. To really get into it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, should we roll for, for today? Sounds good. Okay, if you uh, didn't watch our first episode, we're rolling, ah, dice down, we're rolling a d20 at the end of each episode to, to see when we finally get a nat 20, because that'll be exciting. So I have glow in the dark pink, purple and teal, and green. What do we want to roll this time? We did purple and teal last time, right? Yeah. I think the green one. The green one is my Kalen dice, and it consistently has rolled pretty well. Oh. 17. We're moving up. Last time was 15. So maybe next time we'll, that we'll be, be there. <laughs> I mean, next time if we use the Golden Dark Pink dice, this dice rarely rolls over 10. Okay. No it's problem. a bad dice. <laughs> we'll see. But it's so pretty. It is. It's so pretty. If you're watching the video, I'm holding it up right now. Just imagine this glowing in the dark with sparkles inside. I love it. Yeah. Good times. Good times. I only have two sets of dice, but they'd be pretty. There we go. A 17. Happy times. Happy times. Thank yes. you for listening. If yes. you have made it this far. <laughs> um, we should do a thank you halfway through, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to leave. Thanks. We'll remember um, that next time. <laughs> yeah. And we will we'll be back next yeah. week. So exciting with like live sessions. Yeah, we're excited to see how that goes. Yeah. With new info. So enjoy the rest of your week, I suppose. And uh, yeah, talk to you next time.
Bye. Bye.